Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the podcast about a podcast that might just be too beautiful to live. Coming to you from the Stick of Butter Studios with the scent of snow in the air in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm. Today, we've got the I-35 crew on deck to bring you the show. First up, I'm joined by my fellow lady scientist from Animal Hair Studios North in Dallas, Texas. It's Meredith Mahan. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning, Anne. And second up, the big poppy of this podcast from Animal Hair Studios South in Kyle, Texas. It's Mike Rizel. Good morning, Mike. Uh, it, good morning. It's more of a competition, I think. Uh, w- eventually, one of us will knock the other out with, with the amount of animal hair. <laughs> <laughs> As long as there's some point where there's a sculpture competition. That's what I'm really holding out for. Oh, yeah. I think we can do that. I can make something. Yeah. Good. So today, as usual, we're going to do the recap of the TBTL week that was. We are going to start with some LRB business. We'll get to the week in review. We've got some housekeeping. And we'll let you know how you can get involved with the show. So first up in LRB business, I want to take a minute If you have not uh, listened to this past Friday's show, I encourage you, please go back and do it. Christy and I talked to Andrea Ballard, and we had a great time. I mean, at some point, I was like, well, I guess we better talk about TBTL now. So Mm -hmm. Andrea was super fun and funny and interesting. And we talked about the time that Luke and Andrew, for whatever reason, agreed to do a pod crawl and watch Look Who's (laughs) Talking To and review it. They really got into that. They did. I, I think it was that that show. Even though it was sort of a ill conceived cross promotion, it, they didn't really think that through. The show itself that they did together about that show was uh, that show had more entertainment in it than than this entire week that we're about to recap. <laughs> so go listen to that. Way more. And I'm sure, Meredith, you had some fond remembrances because I remember you actually watched it in service of yeah, this I show. Did. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I did watch it and it was horrible. <laughs> yeah, I was searching for some show pictures and boy, oh boy, they are not kidding when they talked about the the doll that was supposed to be Roseanne in utero. That stuff yeah. was scary. <laughs> it was all scary. <laughs> There's a toilet scene. (laughs) That's also very scary. Uh. So it was a good time and Andrea is great. And so as I said, if you haven't listened to it, please go back and listen to it. Uh, We have a few throw your phone moments from this week. Uh, We got a message from Kate, who said, uh, in honor of Jen Flash Andrews, she was going to sing Mustang Sally at a karaoke fundraiser that she went to. (laughs) (laughs) And that, of course, goes back to the last Phyllis fave where... uh, you guys listen to the clip of uh, Jen talking about how she wormed her way on stage with the band to quote unquote sing Mustang Sally. And Kate mm-hmm. said it went very well. And there actually aren't that many words to Mustang Sally. No, there, there aren't. No. <laughs> you just have to know all 10 of them and not zero of them. Right. And possibly be slightly less drunk. Yeah. There's a sweet spot. I think. Yeah. Um. Continuing on, we got a great post from Jeff, who actually our our fans are just now using our Facebook page just to talk to one another because he wanted <laughs> Andrea Ballard, uh, our guest from Friday, to find a recipe for anger pie as 
Mike, you were ranting about uh, Andrew and the Oscars, and you said it was just the cherry on your anger pie. On my anger pie, right. (laughs) And so Jeff wanted Andrea to find a recipe, and my goodness, she actually came through. She found Mm -hmm. a website that has a recipe for something called anger pie, which actually looks like a lovely deep dish apple pie. So Mm -hmm. I might have to make that at some point here. That was great. And then also, uh, our podfather, Jeremy, took matters into his own hands, and he uh, tweeted at the Saucony Shoe Company wanting to know for once and forever what is the correct way to pronounce it. And they did say it's Saucony. So now we all know. Mike, you were kind of upset that Jeremy didn't trust the pronunciation you gave last week. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not hard. I mean, they struggled with it. But I'm glad. I'm glad he's being active with our social media accounts. But you know, with Jeremy, there's always some little subtle undermining of me. <laughs> you know, I thought that implied that he just didn't listen to the show. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure which one is worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Either way, he's a Je- he's, he's Jeremy. Sorry, he's a Jeremy. All right. So those were our throw your phone moments for this week. And remember, if you have something that you need to say about TBTL, I think, Meredith, you said it the best a few weeks ago when you said instead of letting it languish in Luke's email inbox that he'll never (laughs) acknowledge and never respond to, just send it to us. We'll take care of you. We're listening. We're here for you. (laughs) We are. Reach out to us. And finally, in uh, LRB Business today, I, I wrote a note that says Mike is a lying liar. I, I'd like an explanation for that. Well, a little bit less than a month ago, I, I mentioned on the show that I'd gotten in a minor car accident. Let me describe this accident, and then I'll <clears throat> tell you uh, what happened this week. Uh, it was at a four-way stop, which four-way stops are my least favorite thing in the world, because if you ever want to lose faith in humanity, go to a four-way <laughs> stop for five minutes and watch what happens because people don't understand it. They don't, they don't, uh, they don't follow the rules. If they even know the rules, some people just roll up and actually stop. But since they don't know the rules, they just wait until they think they've waited long enough and then they go. (laughs) So there's this four way stop. that's pretty close to my house that we pretty much have to go to whenever we're going a certain direction from the house. And it was Saturday Saturday morning, and I'd gone to the Walgreens to get a prescription, and I'm driving home at about 10 a.m., and uh, there's there are three lanes going each direction on the road that I'm on, that I'm turning off of, uh, onto a smaller road. So I'm, I pull into, I'm in the turn lane in this, in this now, um, I guess, six, <laughs> six lanes of, of traffic, and I stop and it's my turn and I, I, I go and I'm crossing, I have to cross three lanes to get onto the road that I'm getting to. And as I'm about to cross that third lane, a woman who has stopped and I watched her stop as I was rolling through the intersection, decides she's going to go while I'm driving in front of her car. So it's a slow speed thing. There's no way I can avoid it. I can't stop in time because I'm already I'm already in front of her and I I can't speed up fast enough to get o- away from her so I I put my I, pu- I put my hand on the horn it doesn't seem to affect her at all and then I take my foot off the brake because I wanted to limit the damage to my suspension of my car so she hits my um rear passenger door and that's where most of the damage is I mean that thing was crushed 
And then there was a little bit of damage on other sides. Uh, did I ever send you guys a picture of that? Yeah. I don't think. Oh, you I did? thought. I, did? Mm-hmm. I missed it. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll put it up in the chat again so we can look at it. But, you know, she just decided to hit me. Or my theory is she just was look, not looking. And as we know, distracted driving is drunk driving. Right. Like she was texting or something? Something. Yeah. And so uh, I I pull over. I, I get to the onto the street that I was going to. She she continues on straight and pulls over. I call nine one one. They 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 tell me what to do, and then I tell them that I'm going to pull into this. There's like a dialysis parking lot that I can easily get to after you know cruising by her. So I turn the car around. I picked up my um my hubcap off the ground. I hopped out of my car on one leg, God. picked up. My hubcap off the ground and threw it in the car. And then I drove by her and I gestured to the parking lot that, you know, that I told the cops that we would be in. And uh, as I was gesturing to her, uh, I could see she was just like completely upset. I mean, she was off the rails, like bawling, right? So I pull into that parking lot. She does not. The cops come and they see her in her car and they go and they figure it out. So they get her down into that parking lot or at least around the corner. I never talked to the woman. I, and, and that the only time I saw her was when I cruised by and tried to get her to go where we were supposed to go. I'm not hurt at all. I, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing that thing where I'm, you know, twisting my neck around and you know, spinning my torso around trying to, you know, if there's anything at all, I want to make sure it's on the record or whatever, but I'm, I'm fine. I saw it coming and I was like, Jesus Christ, you know, I'll just, you know, relax. She's going to hit me. Um, but she went to the hospital. <laughs> she went to the, the, they took her to the hospital. I don't know if it was because she was in hysterics or, or because she was actually hurt, but I never had any contact with her. So the, uh, on Monday I take my car and it's getting fixed. I get a rental car. It takes a couple of weeks. And so car's looking good. Drive's good. Everything's good. I like my Allison's. It's, <laughs> Everything's fantastic, except you know you have, you have to do the process and of going going through your claim and and my insurance company you know they get my account of it uh, while we're on the phone I give them the police report number they read the police report to me and and the, you know the cops say that I I owned the intersection and it, she was completely at fault for the accident so uh, I get a letter from her insurance company and you know this an agent wants me to call him. So I call the guy and, and he says, uh, can you make a statement? You know, can you make a recorded statement? I said, I, I'm not comfortable with that until I ask my insurance company if that's okay. At which point he says, well, uh, our, our insured said that, uh, you ran the intersection and we're not on, we're not being recorded at that time, but I start to get really upset. I'm like, even if that were true, which it is definitely not. How the hell could she not stop <laughs> and avoid this accident? You know? Uh, and eventually the, the guy, I mean, I was super mad and I started like uh, sweating and, you know, I got kind of aggressive on the phone. At one point I had to put the, put it on hold and, and Emily was, I was like, you need to calm down. <laughs> You're being a jerk or whatever. So, I called my insurance company and they said, yeah, you can make a statement. Just don't sign anything. Just in case like later on my, my neck decides to twist up in a 
ball and then I've got a, you know, I'm in a head brace, neck brace for the rest of my life or something. So I called the guy back, made a statement. He ended up being a really nice guy, but it was just being accused of lying like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. at, at a point in my life where I think I put the lying behind me. You know, put the the shitty behavior behind me. Now I get super mad when when people accuse me of lying. When I'm telling the truth, if they accuse me of lying when I'm lying, you know, you got me. But in this case, not lying, and you know, this is a, this is a, a lot of money, and I want my deductible back, and I don't want my insurance to go up. But I totally see why she said what she said. You know, what else are you gonna do? What else do you have when you're in her situation? But nobody believed her. Not even her insurance company. Uh, so I'll be getting my deductible back uh, pretty soon. Good. So there you go. I was a lying liar. <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to think that if it was my fault, I would tell the truth. That's what Emily said. And I, 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 I agree, but I can see why one would. Mm, because it's yes. an expensive, it's an expensive <laughs> proposition when you just plow into people in the yeah. intersections, mm-hmm. you know? So did she see you at all get out of the car? And was she like, oh, holy shit, I just hit a dude with one leg? No, she had, she proceeded through the intersection. So she was facing, she was facing uh, west. Away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was mm-hmm. facing away from me. She didn't see me. And I don't even know if it registered with her when I rolled by her and and waved and pointed to the, the parking lot that we were supposed to go to because she, she was just out of her mind upset. Because that's the point where I would freak out. Not only did I hit somebody, I hit an amputee. (laughs) Yeah, the cops were pretty cool about it. Because I, you know, like they came and I hopped out of the car and they're like, no, no, you can get back back in your car. But then, uh, you know, I'm hopping around taking pictures because they brought her, eventually they drove her car down next to mine after they hauled her off to the booby hatch or wherever she was going. (laughs) Uh, and I was taking pictures of her car and, and my car and, and just hippity hop hopping around. Well, we're glad you're okay. Oh, thank you. It was never it was never a problem. It was just an irritation and, and the biggest I mean, seriously, the being called a liar thing was the worst part of the whole deal. And that just happened on Thursday. And I think I sweated I think I was sweating all the way through like Friday afternoon. Jeez. <laughs> well, at least you're getting your money back. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's 500 bucks that I, you know, you, you guys know how I am about money. I do not like to part with it. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> All right, let's move on into the week in review. And I think Meredith is going to start us off. Yes. Monday, 2330. I'm mad as hell and I'm still taking it. Pretty best, good show that's title. That's the best title. Mm-hmm. That's the best joke they had of the whole week. And yeah. The best show title. That's yeah. Andrew's life motto is what it is. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Luke was surprised that the show was starting, uh, and I think he was starting to, he was dealing with a bag of Dukes, maybe? Is that what he was doing? (laughs) Never not funny talking about a bag of Dukes. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we came very close to him eating on the air. And then he talked about his LaCroix, quote, making a return appearance. Mm. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. You don't, you don't do a sparkling beverage right before you're going to record a podcast. <laughs> Excuse me while I take a sip of Diet Coke. <laughs> well, you're allowed to, Anne. He's not. Thanks. He made a pledge. Um, <laughs> he talks about going jogging in Carrie's ski goggles uh, because it was snowing. <laughs> Good plan. <laughs> As a native Michigander, <laughs> this cracked me up. <laughs> it's true, though, Vareth. I mean, I'd, I've had limited experience in the snow, but like playing soccer or whatever in the snow or football, 
Oh, no, it's terrible. That will slice your eyeballs. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that's why you just don't go jogging in the snow. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) That was my solution. You could fall as well. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Well, yeah, it's cold, it's uncomfortable, and you're being pelted with little razor blades of ice. Yeah, Yeah. the only people who do it are the serious, serious runners, and they're all geared up. They don't have to find their wife's ski goggles. No, and I think Andrew's suggestion of like sports sunglasses is a good one. Mm-hmm. I was trying to picture him in like those uh, those goggles that the girl marched into the room <laughs> behind the. Oh, Korean. her little kid glasses with the strap. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and I picture that's the way he jogs as well. Yep. A lot of today was taken up by updates on Andrew's phone thing. I I don't want to talk about this. Okay. It was so boring. So I'm just going to acknowledge it. Can I just say that the the whole thing that I was thinking about is that you get what you pay for. And if he's thinking that he's going to pay negative money and get a better deal, he's mm-hmm. out of his mind. It's just that's not how it works. I have a whole thing about coupons and sales and deals is that I don't shop for sales and I don't look for coupons because the whole point of all that stuff is to make you spend more money than you normally would spend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it might not be in the upfront cost, but it's going to be in the over the long range. And so I just don't but, do it, which is not to say that if I'm going to buy something and it happens to be on sale, I'm not delighted. But I would never buy something specifically because it's on sale. And this I'm whole, on your page. Yeah, this whole third line thing. It's unnecessary. He, ne- he didn't oh, want it. God, He's that. never going to uh... buy it anyway. So he's just losing by doing it. I, I have zero sympathy for him on this third line thing. If he's not assertive enough to just say no. Yes. No, I don't need a third line. You're going to charge me for something. So yeah. no, just no. <laughs> it feels shady. I don't need it. And even if it, even if I don't get charged for it, I still don't need it. So stuff it with a third line. But yeah. and you've been in the belly of the retail beast for uh-huh. so long. You know... You know that's a certain kind of shell game, and and I was I've worked in the restaurant business, specifically delivery pizza business, for a long time, and that is a complete shell game where you actually have to play it, or you're going to pay thirty dollars for a large pizza. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so yeah. I see it from both ways. But as a as a shopper, as a consumer, as a retail person, I don't care about sales. I want what I want and I'm not going to buy extra to get this deal or that deal. But, but yeah, um, outside of, outside of the uh, business, like the pizza business where you, you need to play the game, you know, you don't need to do this bullshit. Just say no, no. no. It, it's yeah. so deceptive, even on like a small retail scale. Um, at my store, we used to, you know, have some of the same merchandise that other places would have. And I remember one, Oh, incident where this lady came up to me and she's like, you know, these, I don't know, whatever it was, figurines, these figurines, I saw them in JCPenney's and they were for 50% off. So you should take care of that. And I was like, oh, really? So on my break, I went up to JCPenney's and I snooped around and they were selling theirs for $50 at 50% off. We priced mm-hmm. ours at $25. Right. Ugh. So it's right. all just bullshit. Three card Monty of... You know, just oh, where's the queen? Where's the queen? I don't the the one in the middle. No, it's the one on the left. You just paid fifty dollars <laughs> at fifty percent off. You sorry. Um, they do something with a Jesse James commercial, or they try to. I don't know who this is. Do you no, guys? No, me know who neither. This is? 
It's, okay. Isn't it uh, uh, the one who used to be married to like Sandra Bullock and does the <laughs> I don't motorcycles think so. or something? I got I the know. idea that he was uh, like a local, the local news fixer. That oh, Jesse, yeah. Gym, oh, 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 get get Jesse. Yeah, he's yeah, he's that guy. Sorry, I was thinking of just a different Jesse James. Oh, he's like the consumer advocate on the news, right? Oh, that we're talking about Jesse Jones. Jesse Jones, right? You said Jones? Jesse James, and that yeah. fucked me up. But <laughs> I wrote down James. <laughs> Jesse Jones, yeah. He's he's just this big gregarious dude, and and uh, he's entertaining. And if if you have if you're really getting screwed over, you got to go get Jesse. Okay. Everybody has one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do. Even more irritating and anger making than phone talk is password talk. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> Luke got a new laptop. He changed all his passwords and he accidentally turned on two factor authentication is super confused by it and irritated. And I was just, I was talking to you guys in the chat that I could not believe how blase he is. I mean, we all know he's blase about this stuff, but he actually said the sentence, what could happen if someone got into my APM account? Yeah, what could happen? It's got your name and your address and your social security number and your bank account information. Who cares? This is a guy who knocks his passport off a dresser in Buffalo and doesn't... Drives across the country? He's just not too worried about it. (laughs) And even when he says, so what if they get into my Spotify account? You realize you pay for Spotify, right? Your financial information (laughs) is in there. Ugh. He, it's it's amazing that he hasn't been identity thieved by now. I know it's really scary, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It would be great for the show. It'd be more interesting than this week if something. That's happened true. Like that. That's true. Someone get on that. No, don't. <laughs> no, I've got please a. Don't. Please don't. <laughs> no, I'm not recommending that. I liked where he talked about his developing of his new password, where he said he had sheets and sheets of paper with possible passwords until he came up with the absolute <laughs> perfect one password. Uh, <laughs> I know I've talked about this before, but I've got a pretty intricate system. It's not perfect, but it takes care of a lot of these problems. And uh, since it's Duff and I, we're, we kind of gear this around the idea of one of us needs to be able to take care of stuff if the other one dies. So none of it is a secret. We can't write down the passwords because that's insecure. But we have a Google Doc and we have password hints. And it's different for every site mm-hmm. because we tailor it to that site. And we've got a little code that only we know how to key- decode. And then it changes a little bit and we put the change in our little Google Doc. So I don't, you know, we've got 50 different passwords for 50 different sites. There's no way I'm going to remember all those. And they have to be all, you know, crazy with numbers and and symbols and stuff. So that works for us. And it makes me feel pretty secure. I think I would not be able to sleep at night if I had one password for everything. Mm -hmm. Because Adobe was hacked not too long ago. And I got caught up in that. And I had to change one password. You know, it was fine. It didn't, it didn't get, it didn't affect anything else that I log into. So I feel pretty good about that. And it was very irritating to hear him be so blasé about this. Because it can ruin your life. Yeah. I'm probably a little bit more lax than I should be. I have about four passwords that I use different variations of, which is not great. But well, it's better than than his probably (laughs) password 101. Mine is Jeremy sucks 69. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can always remember it. Yep. Yep. Um, top story for today, Snuggy is a blanket for tax purposes, and a court agreed. I love that Luke admitted that he's doing an improvised lecture on tariffs, <laughs> something he <laughs> clearly knows nothing about. 
<laughs> but is suddenly an authority. <laughs> when he was the Friday before, when he was on his the week in review, was that about tariffs or taxes or something? Oh, and he was like, I had yeah, no idea. Yeah, that was like local taxes. Yeah. Yeah, it was, <laughs> that was local Seattle taxes. <laughs> And then he gets irritated that we as a country are continuing to prop up Harley Davidson for no reason. <laughs> well, he's not wrong, but... Yeah, but he's, he's railed against Harley Davidson before, but at least this time he admitted that his wooden boat obsession is not much different than Harley Davidson thing. However, I will say, your, though his wooden boats are not so loud as to piss me off when I pull up next to him at a light. Or True. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not out on the water. Uh, listening to his broken down engine that the Jerry's couldn't fix. Although it was interesting that his boat isn't 100% broken like Andrew thought, because I thought the same thing. Right. He said it was, though, like the battery's well, dead or something. he claimed it wasn't, but then he's like, well, it's sort of broken. Yeah, that's never completely <laughs> seaworthy. <laughs> and then he said something about how he runs into people in the marine all the time. <laughs> they must love him over there. He do- does he have- still have two boats? I think he still does. Probably. I don't know. I think know. he tiptoes around it, but I think yeah. he might still have two boats. He hasn't addressed that directly, probably because he still has two boats. Yeah. Um, we start to sharpshoot Jimmy Buffett. Is it attitudes and latitudes or attitudes not latitudes? Does that make any sense? Mm. Do we care? Do we care? That's another question. Is it no. supposed to make sense? Barb's going to hear this, so I'm just going to keep quiet because... Oh. I can only be hurtful when it comes to this subject. We deeply care, Barb. We deeply care. Uh, we get a voicemail from Stu uh, reiterating that Andrew doesn't say uh, sock any right. Um, and then he starts to talk about rivers in uh, <laughs> Philadelphia. Yes. This is totally out of my <laughs> wheelhouse. I don't know what this was about. They uh, Luke was pretty proud of his ability to pronounce some Indian um, Native American names of landmarks and rivers in the Northeast. And uh, one river that he was, he said four times, he said Monongahela, which is the Monongahela. <laughs> so he so, said it wrong four times? He said it wrong four times. And uh, the reason that he should know this is the stadium, the football stadium in Pittsburgh is is on a confluence of three rivers, uh, one of which is the Monongahela, which is mentioned almost every time they introduce a uh, a football game in Pittsburgh. So there are a lot of times when Luke, who claims to be this big sports fan, just embarrasses himself, pukes all over his sports shoes. And this is another one of those times. And it made me mad at the time. But but after, the, after we get through the rest of the week, I was like, I'm not as mad about <laughs> the Monongahela as I was. Do you think that Luke watches any non-Seahawk football games? Well, even if he only watched Seahawks games, they 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 were in the same conference with Pittsburgh for a lot of his life, and there have been some important games between Seattle and Pittsburgh played. He should know this. He, I mean, Bobby Bobby confirmed as soon as I brought it up in the chat. Bobby was like, "Yes, that pissed me off too." <laughs> and we have to give some props to Mandy Newman for uh, the correct pronunciation of Saucony, which is her preferred shoe. I like the whole idea that um, Mandy and Andrew are now going to be blood rivals. <laughs> blood rivals? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't see them following through with that. They both seem too nice. Too nice mm-hmm. for a for a blood yeah. feud. Yeah. But the best part about that that whole voicemail was the way um, 
the way Stu went out, which I think should be a new thing. Paint your bald spot. <laughs> <laughs> that was mentioned a lot this week. It That's was. the new power out. Yeah. Um, Luke starts to talk about his new show idea, which is to tour dive bars and get drunk with famous people uh, like Anthony Bourdain plus This American Life. Um, this sounds like kind of an interesting idea, but also an excuse for him to travel and drink for free. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he suggested the name High Dive, which no. I would give a two out of five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but didn't a listener suggest Deep Dive? Yeah, that's that was much great. better. <laughs> right, because it describes what the show is, is and where it will happen. Right. <laughs> that's fantastic. How did Luke not come up with that? He came up with a good idea for the show, but the, that title is a 10 cent title. Too bad he's not on Facebook. His show's never going to get picked up. Nope. Uh, and then last for Monday is the interview with Letterman, uh, where he seems a little bit crazy and unhinged, makes some weird references, and then admits that his jokes don't make sense, which just seems to tickle Luke. Well, Letterman's always been that way. Yeah. Letterman's always been. I mean, that was his whole appeal was that he was slightly unhinged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's never quite, he's never been down the middle. He mm-hmm. never will be. So he, as he, he's getting older, he's just drifting a little further, further astray. But unlike other old people, he's not getting more racist and crazy. He's just, <laughs> he's just a little more, a little more nutty, a yeah. little more fun. He's a delight. All right, Tuesday, twenty three thirty one. Damn, it feels good to be a journalism person. Olive likes to cuddle. Olive likes human contact, but only in bed, which sounds like my last date. Um, that's interesting. I mean, I haven't had a lot of cats in my life. Edith, we have this cat now and she's super affectionate. She's always flopping over and asking to be petted and she doesn't, she doesn't like to get in bed because the dogs are in there, but all day long she's affectionate. But have you ever had a a cat that really loved to like get in, in bed and particularly, does, does it sound like Olive likes to get under the covers? I think he was talking about her like hugging his arm and he was a little weirded out by uh-huh. that, <laughs> which, okay, <laughs> come on. Uh, <laughs> He's just not a cat person. So all of this seems strange. All of this seems yeah. weird to him. I have one who goes, you know how cats kind of get into this mode where they're like purring and, and kneading and, mm-hmm. and rubbing on you and they're just like in super lovey mode. One of mine will do that. Um, and she, but we don't let them in the bed anymore because right. stuff's very allergic so this right. was you know back in my single days um but she'd love to go underneath the blankets and just spin around and oh, cuddle up and oh. wait a minute yeah duff's it's allergic cute. to cats yes, yes. isn't that amazing it's, oh my yeah, god he's got four cats stop he must the show. love you a lot <laughs> <laughs> well he's always had cats um you know even before we got married he had a cat and a dog uh, so he just suffered um, quite a bit, but I've I've convinced him to start taking Zyrtec and get allergy shots. So his life's a lot more manageable. We also keep him out of the we keep the cats out of the bedroom, and we've got some HEPA filters around the house to take care of some of that dander. Also, so every right. time Meredith acquires a new cat, a new Roomba has to come with it. Yes. So there has to be like four Roombas now. Just well, constantly. so they can all ride around the house. <laughs> right, everyone's got their own. <laughs> Own, now that uh, would be yeah, conveyance. like next gen tech would be if you could assign a Roomba to a cat and so it would follow it around. <laughs> right. <laughs> dander, dander. <laughs> um the this is this is where the spreadsheet uh this is this was kind of fun this week, mm-hmm. even though Luke Burbank this joke. The Luke, I don't know if he cut off the the drop intentionally the first time, but 
it's it was noticeable to I mean I noticed it, mm-hmm. but it no Andrew noticed it and mentioned it that uh, the S was dropped off spreadsheets. That was pretty great, <laughs> and it was murdering Andrew. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll probably I think we'll revisit that later. Um, they talk about baseball card collecting. That wasn't really my jam. I mean, I had some, and I, 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 I didn't like. I wasn't excited to go buy them. I just somehow would get them. And the only thing I regret not hanging on to is I had some uh, basketball cards that were from like the American Basketball Association. That had a lot of famous players that would later go on to play in the NBA. Um, and they were like they were a different shape. They were taller, and they I don't know. I just thought those were really cool. But of course, I'm I'm an idiot, so I probably destroyed them somehow or just lost them somewhere. I enjoyed Luke's secret plan about how he liked to get the Jim Abbott baseball cards because <laughs> right. he's the, the one-armed pitcher. And he was really yeah. impressive to watch pitch, by the way. I thought he was great. Yeah. But, yeah. but how Luke somehow thought he was the only one who noticed that Jim <laughs> Abbott only had one arm. Yeah, that is pretty great. I think that a lot too. Sometimes when I'm watching sports, you know, I, and I notice some guy has some particular talent or something. I'm like, oh man, I wonder if everybody knows how well Seth Curry can shoot. Look at that guy. (laughs) Oh yeah. Everybody knows he's, he's world famous for it. You fucking dummy. Just but when someone does something really remarkable, I, I don't know if that's a thing with everybody else, but when someone does something really remarkable, you feel like you're discovering them when you see Uh them do it. Sure. Uh, and Jim Abbott was like that, too. He's like, Jesus Christ. He wasn't the greatest pitcher in the world. He was very good pro mm-hmm. pitcher. But um, but the way he did that, you're like, wow. That's, I mean, he was just so lightning fast changing hands with the, or change, or sorry, tucking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He always had the glove like up in his armpit, right? Yeah. 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 He went from, from pitch you know, hand into glove from the tuck and then he was ready to field and he was mm-hmm. never caught unaware. So it was pretty great. Uh, the top story, uh, the Mario, Mario Lopez is interviewing Alec Baldwin. And that is because Alec Baldwin's not going to do his Trump impression anymore. And his reason for stopping didn't seem to make a lot of sense to them. And it doesn't to me. Because it, he thought it made people sad or something. This sounded like a weird one-off comment that maybe we're blowing up, right? Yeah, I mean it's okay with me if he says he doesn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, you don't have to do it. You don't know. But it it's is. not like it's blowing our minds so hard that that we need a break. No, no. And it's not as Luke says that Alec Baldwin owes it to the American people to do his Trump impression, right? <laughs> Right. I mean, you should do it as long as it's funny. Yeah. And he wants to do it, right? I I sort of feel like it was more he was saying like things are so bad, it's just it's just sad at this point, sort of to mock him yeah. that way. Yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I don't feel the same. Such way. a punching bag. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm never going to feel bad for the guy, but it it does run the danger of of getting redundant and boring because. I mean, how stupid can a guy be on a consistent basis? I mean, the guy's like, <laughs> he's our president and he's the dumbest person that I've, I've never met anyone dumber in my personal life. <laughs> I don't feel bad for him. I feel bad for the sad little two-year-old boy who lives inside of him, who is his soul. You know, <laughs> I think that that little child is crying for help. Right. Andrew thinks he's going get to away, get away with saying lanyop 
Um, <laughs> it's lagniope, right? Yeah, lagniope. Yes. That's how yes. I say it. That's right. Oh God! Uh, at least, at least they got they got that one. Bef- got the definition right. Yeah. Oh, well, he got the definition right, and they he, they corrected it during the show. Yeah, which is good. They were, I think, they were playing it off uh, dictionary.com or something. Mm-hmm. And the guy, and the guy who was saying it sounded like he was, sounded like his <laughs> wife just left him or right. something. Like, <laughs> Lanyap. Lanyap. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> There's anxiety. I think Luke said that he had anxiety over the exit row confirmation when the because yeah. he wants to sit in the exit row, and, but they have to give you that speech and you have to confirm that you heard it. This is where his only fear of public speaking comes in. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> All amazing. you have to do is say yes when she looks at you. <laughs> I've I've sat in the exit row exactly once, and I kind of felt that anxiety too because I'm like, I, I oh really? I got to listen to a. Did the thing? Oh, God. I sit <laughs> in the exit row any chance I get. And uh-huh. on Southwest, that's often possible. And I, so I've had to do that many times. And I am very afraid of public speaking. That doesn't phase me at all. <laughs> oh, it doesn't. No. He, yeah, okay. Maybe it's just because I, I had to do it that once. And, and I didn't know what I was going to, you know, what was going to be entailed. Like they're going to hand me a, a bubble test or something. Was, oh, shit. <laughs> you have I to make eye contact said. and say yes. You can also just look at her and pretend to listen. And then when she mm-hmm. goes around nodding at everyone, just go, yes. <laughs> You're accepting responsibility for the plane, aren't you, at that yeah. point? Well, yeah, you're you're going to help if there's a crash, which, y- you know, who knows if you're just going to start crying and hide under your seat. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, like uh, there's there's a trial years later, you know, with the survivors. And <laughs> we like, got your verbal confirmation. Meredith was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> there was a baby right next to her, and she grabbed that oxygen. Mask. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, I was thinking because oh, uh, Andrew talked about the rental car spike strip. How do you? Where, where are your feelings on on that? I'm always a little afraid that like it's going to roll backwards on right. it, like a little bit, and then mm-hmm. I'm going to ruin the car. <laughs> Or right before I turn it in. Somehow I'm going to get confused and turned around and try to mm-hmm. go, you know, in the out or out the in. It certainly looks terrifying, you know, because it, it, the cops roll out spike strips on the freeway or whatever, but they don't look like that. I mean, that thing looks like 15 sharks. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it really does. <laughs> like, damn it. I don't want to go over that. But uh, my personal biggest anxiety, bigger than... Any rental car strip or my exit row anxiety or any sexual anxiety I've had in my life <laughs> is when I'm in the produce section uh, trying to get those little bags open with my dry <laughs> ass hands. <laughs> Especially now that I'm in a fucking uh, conveyance, you know, I'm in a, a a scooter and, you know, I'm blocking, I'm blocking the way and I'm here with my dry hands and I'm not a, I'm not a finger because Emily said, why don't you just lick your finger? I said, no, I'm not a finger licker. I, that's not. That's not. That's not a thing I want to be. Wait, I mean, how do you go to KFC then? I I, <laughs> I don't frequent KFC, and even if I do, I will. Sh- I'll wear surgical gloves while I eat okay. my, my my chicken. But um, the only and like I'll I'll start. I'll get worse at it because I'm so nervous about it. Uh, the only place that it, that doesn't happen is when you go to like the green section where there's the misters. Uh-huh. That's. That's a dry hand best friend right there. Those misters. 
Oh yeah, you just pick up some some lettuce that has just gotten misted, and then you yep. can open a bag. Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. What about there. like reusable produce? And this is an overly practical solution, mm. but they do make reusable produce bags that are super light, and they're just made of like mu- muslin or something. Yeah, I guess I I could get those, and uh, I would just be the guy limping in on a hopping in on a walker, holding all his produce holding bags. all your bags. <laughs> True, that'd be quite the quite the snapshot for somebody. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's that's my thing because like the other day, and this happened the other day. I I was I wanted to get some potatoes. I was going to make some like loaded baked potatoes for dinner, and not only are my hands dry, but once you pick up a potato, that's boy it. oh boy, <laughs> they're dry and dusty. Right, and you're like oh fuck, and there's somebody wanting to get to the potatoes, and I'm over here. Uh, so I I put them on my lap and grabbed a bag, and I and I drove myself over to a quiet spot and, and got it done. <laughs> Do you guys have any other little anxieties like that in your life? That I am always anxious when going to a new gas station that I won't be able to figure mm-hmm. out how to work the pump correctly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'll be out there and I won't be able to follow the directions and I'll be like, I don't understand. My mother-in-law will not pump her own gas. Like For that reason? she I, I don't know what the exact reasons are, but she won't do it. No, I had a lady once. I was filling up at my local gas station, so no anxiety. And the lady on the other side of the pump said to me, can you give me a hand? My husband always gasses up the cars. I, I'm not sure if I'm doing it right. And she was trying to put the diesel hose. Oh, no. <laughs> and so I explained to her, you know, what was the right hose to use. But I thought, really? You could get all the way in your adult life and not be able to pump your own gas? I mean, I know there are the states... Um, where you're not allowed to. Mm-hmm. Oregon, but, New Jersey, I think. Mm-hmm. But boy, wow. that's that's helpless making as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think my anxiety moment is when I'm paying with cash, which I almost never do. And I'm, you know, done with my transaction. They hand me back a lot of bills and a receipt and some coins. And I have to fumble to get them all organized in oh, my yes. wallet while there's people behind me. I mm-hmm. hate that. I you really feel hate pressure, that. pressure to mm-hmm. get it done and move along and not hold up the line. And I can't just like jam it into my wallet and run away like I want to. <laughs> that that I kind of get that at drive-throughs um, because you want to kind of get your stuff organized before you drive off, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like the really fast drive-throughs, like a McDonald's or a Wendy's or something, where like they're trying to get people through in thirty seconds, it's like you feel pressure to just wad the shit up and drop it in your you know cup holder and get out of yeah. there because <laughs> people are looking like he he got his fucking food and his money what the fuck is he doing up there because <laughs> that's exactly what i would think yeah if i find uh operation weeping angel finds spying tvs i guess the the chinese got caught spying through people's tvs i don't know this isn't well i don't think this is news duff we have one of those and duff turned it off he turned the internet off on it because mm-hmm. of this like months ago I'm sure. I, I don't think I've turned the internet off on on my TV that's here in Emily's office. Uh, so yeah, if they want to watch me eat a, a <laughs> buffalo chicken Frito pie at 11:30 at night while I'm watching the Pac-12 tournament, that's their yeah. funeral. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess I should start putting on my pants more, but you know, other than that, they're not going to get much um, voicemail. From a listener who took down a breakfast burger combo from Carl's Jr. I guess they're serving the breakfast burger all day at Carl's Jr. now in the tradition of McDonald's breakfast all day. Uh, I 
I kind of see. I kind of see that. You know, you don't want to. You don't want to bring in the office because we talked about this last week. The judgment, right? Mm-hmm. You know this. This this lady could be five eight and one hundred and twenty pounds, and she would still get somehow get judged because they would say oh, the women now. It would go. The judgment would switch from everyone saying, "Oh, look at fatty eating fatty food." To the especially the women saying, "Oh, I hate her," mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and she's probably throwing it up. You know, all those yep. things just. <laughs> well, and the way that she talked about it, I mean, her normal meal is a half a burger, and this mm-hmm. uh, the shame eating was a whole burger and some fries. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh my god, you pig! <laughs> and that's what Andrew was was sort of saying. So I could see that sort of the evidence that she actually ate a, a full fast food meal, if mm-hmm. that's not her thing. I mean, I I uh, took a nutrition class where they did an emotional eating component to it, and they talked about binge eating and how um, binge eating is defined not by what you eat or how much of it you eat, but how you feel when you're eating it. So for this lady, if that's not her normal pattern, eating a full burger could well seem like a huge deal to her. So Mm -hmm. I could definitely see that she would be ashamed. Now, that would not be my issue. Had to get a few more burgers in me before I (laughs) get really ashamed. My issue with with eating like that is I always feel terrible afterwards. It, yeah. it just physically, I, emotionally, I'm fine with it. I don't care what people think or whatever. But I know I'm gonna I'm gonna feel like a, a, a tranquilized bear in about <laughs> an hour and a half. That's why I got to keep it a little lighter. The ethicist humble brags are never not funny to me yeah. when they do that discussion of like people writing in this. The ethicist is New York Times, right? think so i think it is not the new yorker because i i i've read a lot of the new yorker i don't read a lot of new york times but i think the ethicist is new york times yeah, it is. that led to the discussion of luke's dinner with chuck klosterman um <laughs> so funny using his own <laughs> humble brag to talk about humble I bragging i know <laughs> it's amazing uh i like chuck klosterman i i listen to podcasts that he appears on uh i I think I think he's a guy with a lot of opinions and some of them are more some of them there's more evidence for than others. I think he's like to me he's like a less researched Malcolm Gladwell. Sure. Like he throws stuff out there, but Malcolm Gladwell wants he wants to throw stuff out there, but then he goes and grabs grabs a little bit of evidence first before he just says shit. So I'm not surprised that Luke called him on something because Chuck Klosterman just says a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and some of it sticks, some of it doesn't, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, email asks for a different Friday intro, that being the acapella TBTL intro, a different acapella TBTL intro, which comes to fruition as I was listening to the show yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this uh, came came to fruition and I was pretty pretty proud of them for remembering to do that. They go out with Everclear from Santa Monica, which is a song I really like and an, from an album I really like, Sparkle and Fade. And the reason I'm really into it, I don't think it's any better or worse than, than any of the music that was coming out at the time. But it came out at a time when I was in prison in Sheridan. And one of the small luxuries we could get were radios. And there was a station in Portland that, you know, it was like... Um, for the Seattle people, it was like the Portland version of the end, the alternative music station, which is, you know, a, a 
format that emerged in the early nineties. So, uh, I heard because it was an alternative station in Portland and Everclear is a Portland band. It was about 74% Everclear. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a nice escape to hear some decent music, you know, when I was in prison because the prisoners played music, but it was largely terrible, you know, Mustang Sally over and over again. (laughs) only takes so much of that. So it took me down memory lane and I was happy they played it. All right, let's move to Wednesday, number 2332, Skippy's Birthday Jungle Rium Spectacular. Uh, and Luke continues to use the cutoff Techno Geeks and Spreadsheets drop just to piss off Andrew. <laughs> you just never let Luke know that something bothers you. No, That's no really... me you shouldn't do that with me either. I'll just tell you that right up front. Don't do it. <laughs> the moral of the story. Oh, and Luke is also upset because he keeps messing up playing the drops from his ancient iTunes setup. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that leads to discussion of why he just doesn't modernize anything. But never mind. And his personal bugaboo of getting getting the drops wrong or playing the drops incorrectly, really. He'll if be thinking about that all day. that much, <laughs> there are ways to fix it. So I can't believe that it really does bother him that much. <laughs> it bothers him in the moment. Yes. You know, it's yep. a very short time span which yeah. bothers him. Uh, so Luke is finishing what he says is his eighth cup of coffee. I put cup in quotation marks. That Yeah, he's been doing that for years. He's been saying that stuff for years. I'm like, there's no fucking way you drank eight cups of You'd coffee. You'd have a heart attack. <laughs> I can't have two. So fuck you. <laughs> They they uh, said that they had a long meeting with Nate this morning and then another hour and a half meeting for the two of them. And it was all fueled by coffee. And so that turns them to the talk of the idea of uh, are eight cups as measured by the pot equal to eight actual cups? And of course, as we say, we, we know they're not. Um, Fuck no is really what I think <laughs> all of us were saying. Yeah, right. But But we'll get to more on that later. Yeah. So they talk about mobile phone meetings, I guess, in that that, that they were talking on the phone and and pacing for their meetings, or Andrew was anyway. And uh, can Luke hear Andrew puttering? And Luke takes this into the idea that it's a power move to do stuff while you're on a conference call. And they talk about how Nate at one point during their meeting was clearly ordering lunch from somewhere or in (laughs) a restaurant type place. And um, how it's the the person with the power on the call is really the one who who gets to be doing the stuff, and and so mm-hmm. how when Luke has a meeting with Nate, he's going to make sure that he's in a you know a nice quiet space and he's ready to go and focused. I think it's more of a status than power. You know, power move sounds aggressive. Like right, I'm I'm going to take a shit on this call because I can. But status is you know I I'm going to walk out on this street and do what I need to do because my status is higher than your status. Right. Actually, one of my brothers will be on the phone with me all the time as he's going about his business, you know, on the street in San Francisco. And I have to say, it kind of bothers me a little bit because mm-hmm. he's hard to harder to hear and understand when mm-hmm. he does that. And I'm, I guess I understand maximizing your time, but aren't I important enough to take 20 minutes and concentrate on me? Matt? That's sad. Are you listening? (laughs) You bastard. (laughs) 
Um, they get to the idea of the escalating cold war of mobile meetings. Like one of them will go to Taco Bell and then the other one would go to a bowling alley. And then the third one would go to like a chainsaw competition. Construction site. Yeah. The airport. <laughs> right. Just pull over by the airport and step out of your car. Yeah. What? <laughs> Speak up. <laughs> How's mom doing? <laughs> um, so there is a new cat condo at Burbank Springs that Carrie purchased. Um, both Luke and Andrew think that cat condos are ugly. I would say that aesthetic beauty is probably not their primary function. And <clears throat> they think that the term condo is generous for what they are. I feel like they need to have an enclosure to be called a condo. Just if it's the one that has different levels of platforms, I mean, it doesn't, I mean, that's a cat yeah, jungle rium. I, I have one, <laughs> a jungle rium. We should call it that. <laughs> I have one and um, they're so expensive. And so I, I actually made my own several years ago out of plywood and uh, carpet remnants. So it is that dumb beige color mm-hmm. because of carpet remnants um but they love it it doesn't have any enclosures so i've always called it a cat tree mm-hmm. um, yeah but i've never thought that much about it I guess. <laughs> but it is it is pretty ugly it's upstairs so mike i don't know if you've ever i don't think you've been upstairs at my house i don't think so but bobby has and so it's in the it's in the tv room upstairs uh by the window and they love it they uh hang out there all the time they can look at the birds because it's up by the trees and oh. And uh, they like to climb up. There's like holes in it so they can go from one level to the other. So yeah, two at least two of them are pretty much always sleeping on it. So it's a good way to wrangle them and keep them off your other stuff. We do not yet have a cat condo, but we do have an elaborate rabbit uh, cage <laughs> in our living room with several levels and a courtyard and a summer house. And well, that's a condo for sure. He's got enclosures and yeah, all yeah, sorts of stuff. It's but there's no carpet it's all it's all um just these like wire i don't even know how to describe them like the things that like you can get at target that are like wire storage uh and and emily has um attached them all together to make this thing so he can hop up all these levels and and he he has an open space to to hop around in and there's a place for his summer home where oh no sorry this place for for a little house and then we also have in our laundry room a uh something that she built out of an ikea cabinet with a glass front uh, that we could put him in when we are going to clean his cage or or alice is coming and you know we need to get him out of there but uh it's because it doesn't have the carpeting and all that it's not intrusive but it's, it's definitely large you know, mm-hmm. it's definitely it's definitely yeah. something you can't miss when you come. It has in. a bigger footprint than a cat tree does. Way bigger footprint. But, but you've also got the window perch for her. Yeah, we got a window perch. Emily got the idea for the window perch from you because you guys have that um, cool perch in your kitchen. Yeah, uh, and we put we put that up for Edith, and she loves it. She spends a lot of time on that window perch. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's not it's not ugly at all. If anyone out there has cats, um, you, you suction cup this thing to the window with four really strong suction cups, and it's never fallen for me, and, and two of my cats can sleep on it at the same time, and they love it. It keeps them off the ground, which is good if you've got a dog, uh, so they have a place to yes. escape, and then they can also just watch the birds and stuff, but mine usually sleep there if there's a, if it's sunny. What's amazing, what was so great when we when uh, we put it up, Emily put it up, and 
And uh, she put it up before I got out of bed. And when I got out of bed, um, I came out and Edith hadn't used it yet, but she was eyeing it. You know? <laughs> so uh, I'm sitting on the couch and, and Edith goes up to it and she's, she's sitting on the back of a chair, which is near there. And she, she weighs six pounds. She's the smallest cat, smallest adult cat I've ever seen. Me too. She's tiny. Probably the smallest adult cat ever. How she survived with other kittens. You know, maybe she got at the got at the teat like two hours a day, but she survived and she's healthy and she's great and she's a great little cat. But she's tiny, so but she's on the back of this chair, and she puts her paw on the thing and tests it because she's like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, is this is this sound? You know, <laughs> it, do, did these could these did these dummies put it up properly? Like. <laughs> And then she just slowly went on to it and then, you know, got confidence in it. Now it's like she she's so small, you can barely see her little ears poking out of that thing right. when she's in there. But she loves it. And you can get it on, um, on Amazon. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. Amazon. <laughs> well, Luke hates the cat condo because he thinks they're, quote, not stylish, unquote. <laughs> and he associates them with kind of weird cat smells but he's really conflicted um, because Olive loves it and the show picture for that day proves that Olive loves it mm-hmm. um, this moves us into Andrew saying that he doesn't want to be called a cat person he is a person who has cats not a cat person and that a cat condo is what makes you a cat person so mm-hmm. I feel like he's splitting hairs here at this yeah. point he thinks it's an LCPI, leading cat person indicator, but <laughs> I, I think it's just one of many. I think maybe the cat would be the leading yeah, I think, indicator. I think uh, usually a third cat, I think, is probably your best yeah, leading cat that's person. that's a good indicator. point. You've crossed the line of no return yeah. at that yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'll never have fewer than three cats. Once you get that third cat, you're never going to have fewer than three Yeah. And Luke thinks that having a cat condo shows that uh, the the cat is the person who has the well the person the cat is the being <laughs> who has the real power in the the house that the cat rules the roost. I'm going to take issue with that. <laughs> I got that cat shoe so they would stay off my furniture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he compares it to like having kid stuff all over the house when you have young kids, and if the house is not clean and tidy, and instead there are toys strewn around, that that means that the kids are in control. Uh, again, I, I think that goes to the same thing as the cats. I don't think that necessarily means that the kids are in control. But then Andrew talks about how he hates um, the chaos of kids. So it's probably pretty good that he does not have any. Mm-hmm. Uh, top story today is this Mexican movie chain is adding two locations in California that will have a kid playland in the theater. Um, I did some reading on this Mexican movie chain, and they do have other theaters in Mexico, and I want to say a couple of places in Europe, maybe like Spain, that already have these kid playgrounds, um, and they have a, a slide and a, a, a bubbly dome. Um, actually, they look kind of cool. The The theaters are, are pretty nice. And so then they want to know uh, the deal, what the deal with all of these are, which I could have told them if they had actually read the article. Um, Andrew wants to know, do they show kids movies? And yes, that's going to be the of case. Of course. <laughs> They're not showing Platoon while the kids are Why? running around the <laughs> playground. 
And uh, Luke thinks that kids should be able to sit and watch a cartoon for uh, 75 minutes or whatever. And from what I read, it looks like the the playground equipment is there for sort of like the 20 minutes or half hour before the movie. And then the intent Mm -hmm. is that the kids will come and sit in their seats during the movie. Although they've been sort of toying with the idea of maybe leaving the lights up so that the kids can play while the, the movie is, is running. Well, I'm older than you guys by quite a bit, but uh, this is the way drive-ins used to work when I was ah. a kid. There were, there mm-hmm. were playgrounds in front of the drive-in and you'd get there and it would still be light out and everyone's kind of waiting for it to get dark. So the movie could start and the kids, you know, kind of wear themselves out on the playground. And then you they could even show, you know, harder movies because the kids, it's now like 10 o'clock because you're in Seattle and it's finally dark. And I'm exhausted from being on the playground since 8.30. And now I'm asleep in the backseat while they're watching Jaws. Or I'm not worn out and I'm watched Jaws over their shoulders. And now I can't even go in a swimming pool anymore. <laughs> Having a thing for them to entertain them beforehand doesn't sound like the worst idea in the world. No. Although I would not want to, even a kid's movie, I wouldn't want to watch it with kids playing and screaming. No. No. Uh-uh. There has to be, like, it locks down, the system locks down, like, you can't even get in the... There's the, a bubble around it. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Shutters come down on all the openings to the playground equipment. <laughs> Well, and this is the part that'll get to you, Mike, is that I think they said that tickets are going to be an additional $3 to <sighs> go to the kid, <laughs> the Junglerium Theater. So if you're taking, I don't know, three kids, there's an extra almost 10 bucks already. Yeah. Screw that. Let's let's go to the, the local, you know, dollar theater and strap them in with seatbelts and make them watch whatever the hell goes on the screen. <laughs> Whatever Disney garbage is up there. Andrew says, if kids want to run around, just take them to the park. Don't spend the money and go to the movie. But when we were kind of chatting about this a little bit, I thought Phyllis made an excellent point, which is it's not necessarily that parents are clamoring for these theaters. It's that the theater chain is introducing them. So Mm -hmm. it's their idea. I mean, I guess Mm -hmm. indications are that it's worked in some other countries but we'll we'll have to see whether that's something that parents want or not the market will decide mm-hmm. it's kind of like i mean these restaurants here in austin that are really kid friendly that you know there's a, there's a couple chains local chains there's a playground there and kids play and then the food comes and then the kids come over and sit down and eat food and then they go back and play while adults talk it's it's just it's no big deal it works out no. mm-hmm. Luke starts down a kind of a dangerous path. And he says, when I was a kid, a lot of life wasn't about me. And getting into the grumbling of, of kids these days. And Andrew makes an analogy, kind of says, wait, wait, about the, the McDonald's play places kind of being a new thing when they were kids. And sure, he was sure that adults at that time were like kids these days about those too. <laughs> right. It kind of gets gets Luke off the rant, thankfully. And um, so Luke talked about the McDonald's play places and that he played there kind of too late. And he talks about this particular piece of equipment that he used, which turns out to be Officer Big Mac, which is a, like, a, like a jail thing. I won't go on and try to re-describe it because, boy, it was hard to describe. And um, that was evident from 
Luke's floundering, but there are plenty of pictures of it on the internet. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how he was just a little bit too big for it. And we had one of those too. And I had the same experience that I was pro, I must have been at least 12 since Mm -hmm. that's when we moved back to Minnesota. And when you got up in that thing, there was always a little bit of a doubt of, am I going to be able to pretzel myself back out of this? We had one of these at my elementary school. Um, It was a little bit different because it, uh, you could climb out of the top of it and sit on the roof. Oh. Really? So it went all the way up like that 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 tube thingy with the ladder mm-hmm. went all the way up and you could slide, which was so dangerous in retrospect. But I'd never played on this past age ten, and 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 looking at pictures of them, they were not that tall. So I, Mm-mm. you know, you probably could fall off and break your wrist, but not your skull. I don't think these these playgrounds came into being until I was probably a little too old to be playing in them. So I might have benefited me to spend a little time in, in Big Mac jail. So that <laughs> I would have been a little more fearful of going to big boy jail. Moving on, they talk about uh, there's a Game of Thrones live concert experience that's currently touring. It was uh, conceived by the Game of Thrones composer. I saw a story on this. I feel like it was on CBS Sunday morning, but maybe it was on the regular news or something about this composer and putting together this whole concert experience. And then it has big screens showing scenes from the the TV show and it has confetti and it has fire. So a real big thrilling experience. And uh, Andrew says, nope, not interested, not at all. And Luke says that he would go. And that um, it looks like there are a few people that go that are so into it that they cosplay um, okay. uh, my opinion, my opinion is that anything that gets people to go listen to classical-ish music mm-hmm. is not a bad thing. Yeah, I went to see something similar to this. It was West Side Story um, at the Dallas Symphony Orchestra, and so they played the score along and showed the movie up on the big Maria. screen. It was nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is a kick-ass musical. <laughs> yeah. Um, at this point, we learn that. Luke is gaslighting Andrew with the the <laughs> techno geeks and spreadsheets drop as he plays it and he keeps playing it just a little bit shorter and a little bit shorter. And Andrew has to stop the show at this point and go back to the other day and play the intro and confirm that Luke is <laughs> shortening up the drop on him. Yeah, Luke got a little too bold with it. Yeah, too much, too fast. Mm-hmm. And Andrew says, we're not friends anymore, which made me laugh so hard. <laughs> that was He great. meant it in the moment. I'm sure he meant it in the moment when he yeah. says something like that. And uh, we end out the show by uh, getting an email from Amy, who's talking about the tunneling machine named Bertha. They had a, just a very brief touch the other day about this and talking all about how Bertha's named for Somebody who seemed to be a really cool lady, Bertha Knight Landis, mm-hmm. the first and only female mayor of Seattle who was not reelected, despite from all accounts being completely qualified and endorsed by everybody who gives those kinds of endorsements, all because she was a lady and her opponent refused to debate her because she was a woman. They should have called that uh, drilling machine, the telling machine, Hillary. <laughs> Bertha Knight Landis was the original Hillary. How did how did she not win? And what? Right. Who is that guy? What? <laughs> oh my God! I thought our city was cool. I guess we're not. 
Well, that guy was eventually uh, removed from office, right? So there's still hope. Yeah. Well, we know that's coming. Thank God. We have <laughs> right. that to look forward to. All right. Thursday, 2333. It's too dangerous not to be touching. Luke is in Portland at the Hotel Deluxe, and we get off to a hot start with radio legal ID talk. <laughs> Meredith, I'm so sorry you got Thursday. Good Lord. Um <laughs> So we go on and on and on and about this and then try to find an example. And all they say is WPNE Green Bay. That's it. Yeah, right. <laughs> they found a, Not gonna flat, lie, I a laughed. flat place. You know? Yep, I did too. <laughs> Why not go to a mountainous region? Because that's what they were fucking talking yeah, about. Yeah, Green Bay is not. <laughs> <Right>. Exactly. <laughs> that's the area where I'm from. There's no mountains there. No. Uh, they they kind of get off on Phil Hendry talk a little bit. Uh, it's a little better than legal ID talk. Luke talks about how he got a hotel room upgrade because, of course, he tried to check in early and they didn't mm-hmm. have his room ready. So they – only Luke. So he gets a better room because he wants to check in six hours early. And he gets a honeymoon suite and the bed is a circle, which is another thing I've never understood. I, did, I don't know why a hotel of any repute is still doing this. Yeah, that seems yeah. Like, a, like a roadside motel attraction, yeah. doesn't it? It just – no. I would get in there and go, what? <laughs> I'd be worried to fall off of it. Yes, right. Because you'd have to climb to the middle of it in, in order to feel secure, right? In yeah. In order to feel like you weren't going to droop or fall off. Right. Well, he didn't mention if it rotates or not. So oh, God. Still need to hear about that. Put some quarters in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we talk a little bit about journalism, uh, Clark Kent versus Superman. I like uh, that. I lost the thread on this <laughs> a little bit. I think it was because they were talking about these round beds would be like in Superman two at Niagara oh, Falls, right, right, there was right. a round bed somewhere. And then they talk oh, okay. about the journalistic ethics of Clark Kent covering Superman. Covering Superman. Right? <laughs> and pretty good tangent tracking there. Good yeah. yeah tracking. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on to the live action movie, uh, Beauty and the Beast with Emma Watson. Talk about how Mrs. Potts' face is on the side of the pot instead of the front of the pot, and how Emma Watson's not the world's best singer. Um, wait a minute, wait a minute. This this Mrs. Potts thing, is there anything the internet won't get upset about? I mean, <laughs> nope. Jesus. There's so much controversy about this movie already. They moved her face. <laughs> sure. I'm sure they did it for a reason. Fuck off. It's their movie. Maybe it's not for you. They moved her face. If that's putting you off a movie, <laughs> fuck you. Sorry. Luke is wondering about all these animated movies, and clearly it's happening because, you know, the current generation saw these when they were kids, and now they have kids and they want to take their kids to them because it's nostalgic. And Luke killed Angela Lansbury, too, during this <laughs> yeah, process. Yeah, she's still alive. It's it's not the kids who are clamoring for all the live-action remakes no. of all no. of these. It's the parents who it's want to parents. take the kids. And and also, I mean, it's just incre- increasing evidence of our nostalgia. I mean, we're just, mm-hmm. st- as a culture, we're just steeped in nostalgia. We There aren't a lot of original projects going on because they don't make the money that the nostalgia mm-hmm. makes. So that's why no one's seen all these Oscar movies, because we're all going to the comic book movies and remakes. Right. And, you know, I'm just as guilty. I'm, I was super into Beauty and the Beast when I was a kid, and I'm probably going to go see this one. I'm not saying it's I wrong. I, 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 think it's, I think it's fantastic. I mean, if, if they come up with stuff, you know, 
remake movies from my youth, like Slapshot or something, I'm going to go see it. <laughs> but and so I don't I don't blame people for for feeling nostalgic and wanting to be entertained in that way. And I also don't blame the film companies because you can't leave money like that on the table. Right. That's no. a fucking no brainer. If I'm running yeah, that company and someone brings me Moonlight and then someone brings me Beauty and the Beast, I'm like, hmm. Well, uh, I guess people are going to have to say I hate black people because I fucking love money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I was thinking about this in the context of plays, too, right? It's not like one person ever did King Lear and they were like, nope, can never do it again. I mean, all kinds of different theater companies do the Mm -hmm. same plays over and over. So why can't we do it? With the movies, if you have something new to say or a different... I mean... They moved the whole... King Lear's face! <laughs> <laughs> I would say, um, going back to the Psycho remake, that was the Gus Van Sant remake with Vince Vaughn, where they just did a shot-by-shot-by-shot shot shot remake. Mm-hmm. I'm not very interested mm-hmm. in that, because I don't know that it's yeah. making a new statement. But if you can come up with a, a, a new interpretation of it, I don't see why not. Well, yeah, speaking of West Side Story, that's just Romeo and Juliet. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing a shot by shot, uh, it all, whenever they do that, it's like, well, you're doing it because the original movie was great. So just watch the original movie. Right. You know, it, it's all it makes you want to do is like, and then you watch the original movie and you go, my God, that was fucking gripping. You know? And why did they have to remake that? There's no reason. Uh, Luke talks about how they're planning to remake Dumbo. Um, I'll probably see that too. I loved Dumbo when I was a kid. If they move his tusks, I'm I'm going to fucking flip it on the internet. And then he makes a really weird analogy about how Tim Burton movies are somehow like drinking from a hose without your hands. I was not following. He dropped that luckily. Yeah, that was weird. I was more disturbed that he said that Guy Ritchie is going to direct the remake of Aladdin. And I, I am not a fan of Guy Ritchie. I can't imagine how that's going to go. No. Um, yeah, and then we get a, a whole tangent about about that song, the I Can Show You the World song in Aladdin. <laughs> that one line sounded dirty. <laughs> it did. Over, sideways, and under. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, and I remember that at the time. the rest of it time. was a stretch, I think. Yeah, I remember that at the time, listening to that line and going, hmm. Hmm. If that were in a different song. Oof. These are teenagers and they just met. Calm Pretty down, hot. Guys. Yeah. They talk about how they're going to go to Mariner's Spring Training. Uh, I'm really impressed that they got APM to to sign on to yes. this. Yeah, and then they talk about the Browns for a bit, and I checked out. I like your note. Something, something. The Browns. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say one thing about that that Browns trade. I don't know. They never even got into what Andrew's opinion was of it. They never really talked about what the trade was. But I will say this: it was one of the most important trades in NFL history because it. It's it's a, it was a game changer as far as the kinds of trades that are going to happen in the future. It was an NBA type trade, a salary dump type trade, which has never happened in the NFL before. And I have a lot of opinions about it. And when when Bobby and I start our podcast about the TBTL, what's the no point conversion? Mm-hmm. When we start that podcast, that's the kind of discussions we will get into. So. Let's get some momentum going behind that. All right. We get a voicemail from listener Joe talking about how he got a complete set of a certain baseball card on his birthday at Iron Horse. And this is apparently a place where they deliver food via train. I've been there. It doesn't exist anymore, but I went there once and it's cool. 
and when you're a kid, that's cool. But I, I think yeah. I went there as a, as an adult, and it was still kind of cool. There was a place that was very near my house for a couple years in Bellevue. It was right down by the Kmart in my neighborhood, and it was the same thing. Um, the trains ran around the sides of the restaurant, and the, your food would come on those trains. Even as a kid, I knew this place was low rent, and <laughs> it was everything was sticky, and the place was buckled. But it was still cool because, you know, trains, trains bring in your food. Is it like like a dim sum or a sushi place where everything kind of comes on a conveyor belt and you can just grab what you want, or does it no. like they you order it and it somehow makes its way to you? You order it and then and then the someone at the switch, you know, you you order it from a, a waiter or waitress, and then when your food's ready, either them or someone who knows that that's your food sends it on the train to your table and it stops and then you okay. get your food down and then the train goes back and gets someone else's food. I would have loved that when I was a yeah, kid. Yeah, of course. Uh-huh. Fuck. Of course. Yeah. Next up is a deep dive on the P-A-R-T-Y because I said so <laughs> drop, which I really appreciated. I did not know the origin of this. I didn't I missed either. it or forgot about it. So it's painful. Terrific. I hate listening to people that are <sighs> drunk on the air. I fucking hate it. I was I was really enthralled by this. This was a, a BBC DJ named Paula White, and this oh, was man. her last show. And this is a prime example of why they should never tell someone they're fired yes. uh, before they go on the air. <laughs> um, she was awful. She was terrible. Um, Luke compares it to his show in the kiddie pool. He didn't sound like no, that at no. all. Uh-uh. No Buzz way. broadcasting is not drunk but no she was very drunk yeah very very drunk and and then they talk about the last tbtl radio show um luke is pretty embarrassed about it and says he doesn't want to listen to it but then andrew plays the intro which he's okay with um because they weren't slosh drunk at that point um but that was a that was a sad one Uh (laughs) and it was like listening i love listening to the old episodes jen sounded so young Mm -hmm. (laughs) in that show and then uh, they talk a little bit about how all the hour threes of the radio program are gone. Um, but as was pointed out, they're all on archive.org. Shout out to the Historitens. Yes. And you can just go to archive.org and search for TBTL and you will find them. Thank you, Ben Quick. Well, Luke mm-hmm. will never listen to the rest of that show, which makes it two podcasts or two shows of mine, which I appear on, that he will never listen to again because <laughs> they were just about to get to my part of that show when when they oh, cut it off. Oh, when he cut it off? Yeah. Well, it's also posted like 30 times on the Stens page. So if, if you don't want to go to archive.org, just go to the Stens page and sh- throw a dart at it and you'll, you'll, you'll hit it. I wasn't there for hour three because unlike Luke, I had to be in Portland early the next morning for work. <laughs> and so I left Cairo, drove to Portland, checked into a hotel so that I could confidently be where I needed to be. You didn't just anxiously wait for a plane to maybe no, appear? I didn't. I didn't go oh, down to SeaTac weird. and just hope hope for the best. No, <laughs> drove Put to Portland. Put your thumb out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hotel, right there. I was there. I was there at 8. At the... Crazy. Yeah. All right, Friday, 2334, Reverse Big Chill Nightmare. The Friday acapella, the new um, TBTL acapella is used. Good job by them. This will be an OPP dedicated show. So the BBC clip, uh, Andrew disapproved. I, I don't even understand my notes here. I was so bored by Friday's show. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. 
Oh, they were talking about the the interviewer whose child sauntered in. Okay, the, yeah, okay, because we were just talking about their BBC radio clip. That's right, so this confused. is different. This is like, you can be on TV from your house now via Skype, and it's fine. Right. You don't have to travel to the studio anymore. And Luke was shitting on everyone's decorating choices. Yeah, and, yes. and this guy this guy did not have the most, uh, most sophisticated setup. He had that flimsy map, which flopped around <laughs> when... His wife closed the door. And also, uh, even in the New York Times article, they said that the the kid knocked books off of a table. That was not a table. That was definitely a bed. That was a bed. And you saw that when when um, Kramer, the wife, comes sliding in, and then she's got to put her hand down to brace herself. It sunk into that table pretty far. Yep. If that were a table. And then, the, and then yeah, with the, when the kid had the goggles on and the books go flying... Someone pointed out in in our chat the other day that uh, that the woman's pants were were halfway down when she came in the room. So I think we see how it happened. Yeah. Poor poor lady wanted to use the potty <laughs> and uh, just became a worldwide meme because she 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 probably had eight her cups eyes of coffee. Off her, <laughs> she took her eyes off her kids for two seconds. <laughs> She couldn't wait 10 minutes until he got off the line with hey, the BBC. Sometimes you got to go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, eight cups is eight cups, Anne. I mean, <laughs> come on. Another note on pants. I think someone else pointed out that it's possible he didn't get up because he wasn't wearing any pants. That's, that's, that's also... He was a wearing a suit coat and a shirt and no pants. The guy made... The guy... Uh, his lack of sense of humor about it. I don't know if that's increased the meme or decreased the meme, but... <laughs> He definitely handled it wrong, I think. Yeah. You got to have fun well, with this shit, right? Like they yeah. pointed out, the sort of level of anxiety of, of being on live television with the BBC probably impacted his thought process somewhat. Yeah, he was trying to remain engaged with the interview and just keep going despite the chaos behind him. I I wasn't really offended by him like reaching his arm out and kind of... That didn't that didn't no, seem like a, a terrible thing to me. I no. didn't get riled up about that at all. I think he probably could have acknowledged it and 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 maybe turned around and ushered them out of the room. But who knows what you would do in that situation? That's yep. nervous making. He could have uh, later on to taken it with more of a smile, though. Mm-hmm. At least later. True, true. I um I really appreciated one thing Luke said when he was describing the video is this kid comes in like George freaking Jefferson <laughs> back and watched it. And it's yep. so true. Just strutting. <laughs> it's a happy kid. There's a great version of that gif now where some sunglasses come down on her face. <laughs> <laughs> right. Deal with it. And Luke also says, this is what it's like working from home. And I have to say, I don't have kids, but I do have a lot of animals and <laughs> that's not that far off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've had to wrangle, as you guys have heard, uh, Eddie barking during conference calls and cats jumping up on my keyboard and typing things and all sorts of stuff. Well, that I think that video made everyone happy on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, mm-hmm. there was no way to watch that. And I, I showed it to Emily and, and she was laughing. And then I said, no, watch it again. <laughs> and then she laughed harder <laughs> and then she started sending it to everybody, you know, because yep. <laughs> there's just so, there's so much in, in rewatching. There's so, so much richness in that thing. Yep. Andrew pranks Luke over the show number. Um, that was and, good. Yeah. Luke falls for it. That's mm-hmm. nice. All right. Coffee makers are bullshit. Um, <laughs> I, and it sounded like you had some opinions on this, but, but let me, let me just run this by you. Are they saying, are they using cups 
as in the designation of like a cup of flour or a cup of sugar? Is that a cup? Well, I think the is problem that how is we're that getting they, to these huge numbers? Yeah, that is, they they don't know. I think we found out later, or maybe I read an article, is that those hash marks are just total bullshit. Well, it was a Andrew did a deep dive in the news. Yeah, it's and it's, so he yeah, explained that they they're using cup to mean basically a teacup, anywhere from a cup, eight ounce cup mm-hmm. to a four ounce cup. It's all completely arbitrary anyway, whether it's a five ounce cup or an eight ounce cup or a 12 ounce cup. I mean, we use cup differently in different contexts. And so I, the coffee people just let us think what we want to think. It's in their advantage to say that their pots brew more coffee. So mm-hmm. I guess I, oh, I don't yeah. fault them for gaming the system a little bit. Oh, it's like, oh, you meant that cup? Huh. This was a little bit vindicating for me because I can't make a good cup of coffee to save my life in a in <laughs> because a, of the ratios. You well, just because don't I know. have no idea what yeah. ratio to use, right. and experimenting just wastes. I hate wasting food, and I really hate wasting coffee. So I've made so many terrible pots yep. of coffee just because I'm like, I don't know. The directions make it taste terrible. They leave us in the wind on this. It's not right what they've done to the consumer on this. Mm-mm. There needs to be some sort of investigation. I need think there should be an executive order. At we need point. Jesse Jones on this. <laughs> Jesse James. Get Jesse James. Jesse James, James he could do it. He could ride his motorcycle over and <laughs> cheat on Sandra Bullock and Or maybe a we as a as a country could switch to the metric system and not do this nah, whole yeah. cups, yeah. quarts, gallons bullshit anymore. Shut up. You're Canadian. You're halfway to Canadian. And you and Duff would get along. Maybe this is a baking thing. He was making a cake last night and he was just irritated that, like, why can't things be in ounces and grams? Mm. He has a scale and he uses it and he converts all his recipes into grams. I do too. All right. uh, Damn, it feels good to be a, (laughs) it feels good to be support a journalism person, don't it? (laughs) They're finally playing something and saying something that that I'm entertained by as a donor. Yeah. Especially, I like the I like the guy who who looped the the track on YouTube and then just said, "You're welcome." <laughs> <laughs> like everyone was clamoring for it. Like, yep. oh, if we only we could get a looped. Uh, finally, yeah, so great. Uh, other people's problems were finally in the meat of the show. Uh, Edwards' married friends, particularly the woman, is going to make it through the marriage until the group vacation ends and then is going to divorce the husband, but he doesn't know. This is a fucking nightmare. Uh-huh. It is. I don't think we actually know the genders involved. We don't? Uh, I guess no. I was just assuming. He took pains on the Stens page or on the advice page to I'm always to assuming the that. guy is the jackass who doesn't know anything. <laughs> is... <laughs> well, we can go with that. Yeah. <laughs> I First of all, let me say that, that uh, these... Destination weddings and destination anniversaries and destination this and that, the not for me. It's I don't know. It's classist. I guess I don't want. To, I, that's a wrong word for it. But it's, no, well, it's it's exclusionary. Yes, yes. There um, you go. There you go. So I I'm going to a destination wedding in the Dominican mm-hmm. Republic this summer, and I'm also going to a bachelorette party in Phoenix for the same for wedding. the same wedding. That's insane. So I have to go to two, and I kind of have to. How I, much I, money? Are you going to have to part with for all this? Thousands of dollars. Crazy. Thousands of dollars. She's staying at the W Hotel. Of course she is. And then you're going to say, well, I'm going to stay by the airport at the (laughs) the Motel 6. No, you're going to stay at the W. And then they offer to pay for it. And then you're embarrassed. So you got to, you got to do what they, you got to be fancy like them. Well, we're split. I'm splitting a room with, with the one other person I know 
who's going. That's another nightmare. It's a group Ooh. of people I barely know. Oh, shit. Except for one. So we're splitting a room. Um, That's something, at least. At, in Phoenix. Um, we're turning the Dominican Republic thing into a vacation. We're going to be there for right. longer than the thing. So at least we're going to spin it into our summer vacation. Mm-hmm. That's good. But there's no way. I mean, you know... <laughs> Who has that kind of money to do that for mm-hmm. for for all their friends? This is ridiculous. I don't think I've ever done a des- gone to a de- destination wedding. I can I can afford it right now, but in the past I absolutely couldn't have. I'd just be left out. Like, sorry, mm-hmm. I can't go to your wedding. Yeah, it happened with with my best friend from college. He had a destination wedding, and I was like, well, good luck. Yeah, I wish you have the best. fun. <laughs> I just got out of prison, so it's not going to work for me. Right. I would say, Edward, this is a having this knowledge is a perfect opportunity to get out of this bullshit. Mm-hmm. This seems like a your golden ticket to getting out of a destination. Uh, what is it? It's an anniversary? Or what is the thing? Yeah, fifth yeah. anniversary thing. Yeah. I, you know, it sounds like he can't get out of it without losing a bunch of money. I would probably just go and see, like, see you guys later. We're going to go have our own fun <laughs> in Spain or wherever he's going. Yeah, yeah. I mean... If you can't get your money back, you may as well go and avoid the drama. And I don't want to hang out with a couple that I know is about to divorce. That's just weird. Right. Anyway, that made me more upset than than probably anything of the week. Um, Yeah. And and Luke was saying under no circumstances should you tell the the dumpy that they're going to get dumped. And I guess I see that. And I mean, it's not your secret to tell. But if I was that person who was going to get dumped after the wedding and people knew and they let yeah, me go tell me. and have a good time, tell me, and let me be humiliated that way, I would never forgive them. Yeah. That's an impossible situation. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, another OPP about the found cash. This was a really awkward one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's sort of an involved story, so I'm going to assume everyone isn't expecting us to to tell it. But uh, you know, she found she found cash, and she was trying to do the right thing. And the security person in her building, she thinks, is trying to steal the money from <laughs> from her. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a pretty cut and dry advice segment for this one, right? Yeah, it seems like the security guard is behaving in a pretty shady way. Yeah, especially like going to her boss. And she did, she went above and beyond by even offering to give it back. Mm-hmm. You know, you just find some cash. Hey, payday, you got some cash. Yeah, I, the most cash I've ever found, I think, was like $400 wow. in a wallet. Wow. Yeah. And <laughs> I I took it to the, I found it in the parking lot of my apartment building, and I took it to the uh, apartment manager and gave it to her because I knew her and trusted her. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sure I'm sure someone's going to come looking for this. Well, and in a wallet, that's different than it, just a mm-hmm. wad of cash somewhere. And it was um it was somebody's pay for the week. It was a the license, you know, it was a it was not a Washington state license. It was a foreign license. It was a Mexican ID. And oh. I was like, this is this guy's pay for the week. So, yeah. I don't want to you... jack this money cuz he might really need it more than I yeah. needed it, mm-hmm. even though I did need money at the time. When do I don't not need money? <laughs> I liked how Andrew's solution to this was for her to tell the security guard that she used it to buy cocaine. <laughs> yeah, he said, put flour under your nose and act like a cokehead. <laughs> Good idea. That'll help. Sometimes his jokes just aren't, they don't land. I, I didn't get that. <laughs> they do not land. <laughs> Maybe this is what irritated me so much about 
this is how the week ended and that left a bad taste in my mouth that's that's what got you maris tell us what you said before i didn't want to say this because i don't want to make the tens mad but when i turned i was listening to this episode on, on my headphones and duff was sitting at the desk next to me and i the the week ended and i took them out and i said you know what I don't think if it weren't for LRB, I would not listen to this show anymore. <laughs> Everybody has those moments. Every listener, I think we do. every LRB yep. listener has had that moment. Uh, I didn't have it this week, even though, you know, it was a frustrating week. I've had the moment before where I think I need to take a little break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's like a marriage, right? Yes. Sometimes it's not always the most fun, but then you right. stick through it and it gets good again. Yeah. yeah. We're in it. We're in it. We're in this. I appreciate your support. Uh, Luke is mostly naked, and housekeeping is in the hall. (laughs) He can hear them. Someday, this is going to bite him in the ass. (laughs) Someday. In his bare ass. Yep. (laughs) He can hear them in the hall, and we're we're all thinking he's going to get the knock, but instead he got the phone call, because now they just call him and say, Late check-out. All right. Hey, early check-in, late check-out guy. Hey, burbs. Well, what didn't up, he burps? say that it was like two thirty or three thirty? It or was late. It's just ridiculously that's, late. He's he's already doing late checkout. You know, yeah. At that point. That's he's he's pushing the bounds of late checkout to just staying another day, right? Because um, at some point, someone who has a reservation for that evening would like to have a room, their yeah. room, that and that's usually two or three. Yeah, exactly. Music for your weekend. Andrews is Sharon Van Elton, a Skeeter Davis cover, End of the World. Luke, clap your hands, say yeah, singing Emily's Emily Jean's Stock. And listener Garner, was that right? Yeah, uh-huh. Garner. Raised by Wolves, Foxtrot. I'm not sure which is the band and which is the song. I hate music, so I'm the wrong guy to do Fridays. <laughs> I was blind with rage, so Foxtrot is the band. Foxtrot is the band. <laughs> All right, good job by you, Anne. You've been saving. You've been saving us yeah, today. Thanks, you Anne. paid more attention <laughs> than we did. Housekeeping. <laughs> so, uh, so here comes the knock. The archive project contest. Each submitted episode earns you a ticket for the LRB raffle. We have two winners so far. We are compiling their bark boxes that they will be receiving <laughs> through the mail. Amazon link. You can go through our page. There's a link there, and you can order things on Amazon uh, from which we are getting wildly rich and getting a lot of jam money out of there. We have a list of some of the Amazon purchases, I understand. I have not looked at this list. We do. We It's quite a long list, actually. We've got um, about 306 items on there. Wow. Way Thanks, everybody. Go, Thanks, Mary. Yeah. And it's <laughs> mostly me. <laughs> And I thought we could highlight just a few of them. Sure. One of the most expensive things on the list is the Panasonic NB-G110P Flash Express Toaster Oven in silver. I want one. I know. Uh, Then uh, the KitchenAid KSM-1A PC Spiralizer Attachment with Peel, Core, and Slice. Andrea, ding, good ding, job ding. by her. Oh, that's you, No, Mary. that was me. <laughs> I knew that was you. <laughs> that sounds pricey. It was not. I, no, it's not. I love it. I love it. If anybody has a, kitchen, has, has a KitchenAid, go get the Spiralizer Attachment. So, so this, is, uh, this is like the 
KitchenAid version of the slap chop, or what? No, this is the KitchenAid version of the spire, like the uh, thing that makes zoodles. Oh, right, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, awesome. <laughs> but it's metal, so you can. I've never had good luck with the plastic ones, and this one's mostly metal, and it's great. Meredith, uh, I have to say though, be careful. I it's pretty idiot proof. I haven't cut any fingers off. Okay, with this one. All right, be <laughs> there's safe. still time. There's still time. There is the all-new Fire TV stick with Alexa voice remote streaming media player. Oh. Someone's been listening to TVTL. they got to right. have their own <laughs> Alexa. Alexa, download all the LRB episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, something that is in the other category called Super Goop. For every young hand cream with C. Buckthorn SPF 40. That was me. It's on my desk right in front of me right now. <laughs> Super Goop, does it work? Yeah, I, I like that brand because uh, I I tend to have oily skin and they make a SPF for the face that doesn't make you Stop shiny. Stop bragging about how you can get your, your the grocery produce bags open. Stop <laughs> I'm really greasy. <laughs> um, but I started to think my hand, you know, I'm 35. My hands are getting a little wrinkly. So that's mm. that's hand cream that has SPF in it. So I thought I'd try it out. And sea buckthorn. Whatever that is. I know. It's got to be good. In toys and games, uh, Melissa and Doug, I happen to know that's the brand, Melissa and Doug, mine to love Annie 12-inch drink and wet posable baby doll with potty bottle pacifier diaper and dress. Whoa. Not me. (laughs) Not you? (laughs) No. Something called the Brio Geo Don't Despair Hair Repair Therapy Kit. That's me. Don't despair, Meredith. I do despair about my hair a lot. <laughs> Get the this hair repair a, therapy it's kit. It's a deep conditioner and I like it a lot. Let's see. The newer microphone suspension boom scissor arm stand. That sounds familiar. It does sound familiar. Yeah. <laughs> That's under musical instruments. Mm, uh, I can't play any musical instruments, but I do need a microphone arm because I busted mm-hmm. my old one. <laughs> In a fit of rage. Right. And toys and games, something called the Garbage Day board game. Fun. I know. Andrea's husband. Really. Probably. That's his. <laughs> uh, Kindle ebook, Spaceman, an astronaut's unlikely journey to unlock the secrets of the universe. Ellie. Jeremy? Jeremy. <laughs> Ellie got a hold of Jeremy's phone. And- yep. <laughs> yeah. I got a couple more here. Uh, uh, a Bandai Hobby HGMS Option Set 3 and Jawhorn Mobile Worker Gundam IBO Building Kit. What do any of those words mean? <laughs> those are words. Those are words <laughs> I, <laughs> I know. This is the 1 144th scale. So this is some kind of model or what? kit. Well, we're, cool. we're not making fun of it. We just don't no, understand No, I want to see it. it. Yeah, I want to understand what it is. It's probably something really simple. Whenever you hear something like that, and then it's just like some modified paperclip that somebody's using, <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. Um, my personal favorite of the entire list, a, a book called Bloop Bloop Goes the Poop. <laughs> well, I, I, heard, I heard it reviewed on NPR, and I had to have it. Who's that lady, Maria O'Halloran or something? Reviews all the, reviews all the books. <laughs> and finally, I just wanted to get the, the cheapest item on the entire list so that you know that you don't have to uh, shell out a whole bunch of bucks for us. This came in at $1.96. The Sunshine Cheez-It Original Baked Snack Crackers, 12.4 ounces. 
delicious. I'm not a cheese it fan. As a cheese lover, I'm not a che- so much a cheese it fan. But they're oh, they I am because they're salty. They are salty and and they're all right. But what the problem I have with them is not the taste. It's they will pack your molars for the next six hours. I mean, <laughs> it is like. It's in there, and there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it until it just dissolves. But um, they did come out with an interesting product that, like, they had ones that are slightly burned, like burnedy Cheez-Its. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, DJ was mm. telling me about them, and, oh. and I'm, I'm, uh, I can't say I'm not intrigued. Yeah, that does sound like that's up your alley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like cheese. I like things that are slightly burned. <laughs> I like burnt cheese. So I'll have to live with my molars being double double their size for, you know, an afternoon. <laughs> All right, that is uh, all the things that I picked to highlight from the list, but there are a lot more. And please remember, you can always add to it. Well, thank you very much, Anne. And thank you very much, everyone, for using our, that link. Uh, Emily, could you start using that link? Because there's a lot of, we get a lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot of stuff. Earbuds and earworms this week, bands you haven't heard of, which for me would be pretty much any band. Um <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard it yet, but I, I'm I'm going to go listen to that. I really enjoy that podcast, Nerd Out Loud. Uh, the last one that came out, Jeremy's daughter Ellie co-hosted and took questions from the listeners, and I really, I mean, it was it was really fun. And uh, there, the highlight for me was when he asked her if she liked the president, and she said, "I'm I don't like the president because he." He's not letting anyone come. And Aww. I started crying. Aww. But then I thought that's probably all, also his sexual policy uh, with his lady <laughs> friends. <laughs> so that pulled me out of that pulled me out of that mm. nosedive, you know, but uh, I missed it up at that and that is some that's an amazing show. You, you need to go get that. All right. If you'd like to get involved with the show, you can always visit our website at littlerentbandwagon.com. You can uh, hang out with us on Facebook, either on the Stens page or our Facebook page. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Send us an email uh, at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. And you can always send us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And with that... Meredith, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. Especially early Jen. Man, that was so great. Yeah. Nailed it. Host. Isn't that for techno geeks with spreadsheet? Okay. Right. That's the drop. Here's the Isn't drop. Isn't that for techno geeks with spreadsheet? Oh, you've been messing with me this whole time. I do not like you anymore, Luke Burbank. We're not friends anymore. We are now co I don't even know. These sound exactly the same to me. <laughs> oh, I hate you so much. <laughs>